Hello and welcome to the study hall edition of Cloud Security Podcast. This week we are talking about Kubernetes. I'm going to go into what is Kubernetes, why Kubernetes is the next checkpoint in compute services that you need to be aware of, what Kubernetes is not, and what type of applications you should be thinking about using Kubernetes for. So what is Kubernetes? Kubernetes is an open source platform for managing and orchestrating containerized workload and services in a repeatable, reliable, scalable, and distributed fashion. It utilizes over 15 years of Google's knowledge of distributed systems. So the keyword there being, it maintains the state in a reliable fashion. To put it simply, if you are a user who defines the state of an application, which could be how much memory it needs, how many replications it should have, whether it should have an IP address which is public to the internet. This state is something that Kubernetes would maintain for you for your application in its own platform and its system. Now, there could be two kinds of Kubernetes. One could be managed and unmanaged. Managed being the ones which are provided by the cloud providers like AWS, EKS, you have GKE in Google Cloud, Azure has their own version as well. The unmanaged ones, which are the self-hosted ones where you can put them anywhere. And that's probably one of the advantages of Kubernetes is easily portable to any environment. Now you may ask, why do I even care about Kubernetes? Well, a lot of conversations we've had with people who are quite deep in the Kubernetes world, including Kelsey Hightower, Madhu Akula, who came in the episode last week, there are a few reasons why Kubernetes has gotten popular. As per CNCF, which is the Cloud Native Foundation, there has been an 80% increase in the use of Kubernetes since last year. Now, that's significant considering it's just a compute platform. And it kind of shows you that a majority of the workload, at least the new ones, is moving into containers. And it was increasingly getting difficult to maintain a farm of containers in a reliable fashion with the traditional method we have. It needed some kind of a distributed system for it to work effectively, and Kubernetes was the answer. I'm gonna quickly talk about three different points which I feel make Kubernetes what it is and why it's so popular. First one being declarative over imperative. Now, if you are someone who's built an application before, you know about the fact that when you're defining what you need from an application, you define it for one server, then you define it for another server. Now you kind of have to think about, okay, I have two servers and I have to figure out a way that I can monitor them effectively, make sure the services are always available. And if one of them goes down, I need to make sure the other server comes back up again. Traditionally, in a non-distributed system, you would write some kind of a code for this and you would go about writing and managing this code as you mature your organization or your application. Instead, the Kubernetes way of declarative method, what that means is instead of monitoring a change and instead of wondering, hey, I don't know if my service is still running, Kubernetes drives towards maintaining a state that has been defined by a user. What that means is instead of your traditional server client model where a server is keeping an eye on the client, in a Kubernetes world, the client is keeping an eye on the server where the configuration has been defined and it maintains the state. Even if the server goes down, the client knows the last state it had to maintain and it continues to maintain that. That's the advantage of Kubernetes. So that's just the first method, which is declarative over imperative. I've got two more. It's broken the traditional master-slave model from being an event-triggered to a level-triggered. What I mean by that is it has a transparent API. Now, 
This transparent API is available for both internal services of Kubernetes and also for any external user that wants to interact with Kubernetes. Why is this important? This is important because Kubernetes is literally like the operating system of the distributed system world, where kind of like Windows operating system, Linux operating system, you don't really have to worry about the libraries underneath, but when you are developing an application for Windows or Linux or Mac OS, as long as you talk to the right API, you're able to create a function without having to deal with the complexity behind how to design and run an application. The operating system takes care of everything that you do. Now, the other advantage you would have if you're using a Kubernetes environment for your deployment is you can have everything declared as a state, even things like imagine a world where if you have to deploy a container and you have a new package, you have to basically destroy the container in order for it to start up with the new service. In a Kubernetes world, because they try and come to the user where through definition they can declare, hey, instead of using this particular memory size, use another particular memory size in that config that they define for use of in Kubernetes. And the Kubernetes pod is smart enough and has services around it to automatically understand, hey, I have a new state to maintain, so I'm gonna schedule my changes accordingly so without having any disruption i'm able to use the newly defined services so from an end user perspective you're abstracted from the fact that hey a new cluster has been created or new pod has been created but it's not disrupted any of the services now we have spoken about why kubernetes is possibly the next checkpoint in how compute may change after cloud but i do also want to cover what Kubernetes is not, because easy to get excited about Kubernetes, but it's worthwhile calling out, it is not a PaaS. It is not a CI-CD pipeline. It is not something that would build your application. It doesn't even provide application services like your middleware, like imagine the buses that you used to have to share data or data processing frameworks, not even a database. All it does is helps you maintain the state of an application across a fleet of container services. Now, these services may have different names and different components that Kubernetes has, which we would get into the next episode of Study Hall, which is gonna get released next week. But it's worthwhile calling out, Kubernetes is not for everyone. And if you are thinking, if I should refactor what I have and possibly think about if my application is worth going into Kubernetes, I think you should listen in to the next clip I have from one of the episodes we did a few weeks ago with Michael Fraser, where this was one of the questions that was asked. If you had a choice to build a solution, what would make you go towards Kubernetes, even from a security perspective or in general? So the first thing I would say is Kubernetes is not for everybody. So don't don't just jump into <laughs> Kubernetes just oh, because. I'm glad you said uh, that. Because, you know, sometimes just deploying, you know, VMs is totally acceptable for your use case. So don't like, don't think that you have to go in Kubernetes because it's the, the coolest thing that everybody's getting into now. But that being said, I would say, you know, when you're looking at your architecture and you're trying to figure out what makes sense for the applications you're building, there's some definite benefits to Kubernetes from a scale perspective. And then there's also benefits from, you know, again, what am I trying to accomplish? Am I trying to also, you know, separate my state from my state list? Can I create immutable infrastructure that's really going to help drive what I'm trying to accomplish at scale? And then the other piece of it is, does it make sense for us to take what we have and have it as a 
deployable Kubernetes version? And also, does it make sense to support the different managed Kubernetes versions out there as well? And so we were looking at a lot of these like EKS and, and AKS and GKE, they have various different supports on the government side from the different impact levels that they support. And so it really depends on the end customer and what they can do on what type of version of Kubernetes. So can they use the managed? Is this supported in GovCloud at a particular IA level? So there you have it. You may want to consider your specific use case before you think about refactoring your existing application or before thinking about using Kubernetes for a new deployment that you have. That's all what I had for Study Hall this week for Kubernetes. I will be back next week with another episode of Study Hall and we will be talking about the type of Kubernetes components that you could be thinking about. And as I mentioned, the aim with the Study Hall for this month would be to help you learn enough terminology of Kubernetes that you can go out there and learn how to secure Kubernetes environments in your workplace or your friend's workplace. If you are someone who loves more visual representations, then I would definitely recommend subscribing to the Cloud Security Podcast YouTube channel. It's just called Cloud Security Podcast. We probably are the only ones who are doing this. So you get notified when we come out with new episodes, which are more visual representations or what is being shared in study all over here. As always, if you find this helpful, feel free to drop us a review and a five-star rating. Tell your friends about it. If they would find it helpful as well, please feel free to share it with them. And I would see you in this weekend's episode of Kubernetes Security Special Month. I would let you know the guest on my LinkedIn post. So I guess if you're connected, you'll probably find out soon. Otherwise, you would also find out if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. That's two dips in there for the social channels of Cloud Security Podcast. That's where we go live every weekend. And I will look forward to talking to you this weekend. Until then, enjoy the rest of your night or day and stay safe. Peace. Thank you for listening to that episode of Cloud Security Podcast. If you found some new information from that episode, we would appreciate if you share it with others. Share it with us as well if you have any good feedback or good learnings from the episode. We are on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you don't find us there, you can always go on our website, www.cloudsecuritypodcast.tv to listen to the latest episode. We appreciate your support in helping us grow. It helps us bring more guests. It helps us support the channel. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time and talk to you on the next episode.